Hello and welcome to another edition of the Celtic View podcast. After the ecstasy of last weekend's comprehensive 5-1 Glasgow derby victory, Celtic were humbled at the hands of the best team in the world, Barcelona, uh, as they got their Champions League campaign underway. Now, Tuesday night was a tough night for everyone in green and white, but with a return to domestic action on the horizon, myself, Martin Diel, Celtic View editor Paul Cuddihy, and Celtic View reporter Mark Henderson are here to help you face forward and talk about the games ahead as we look to go over Tuesday's defeat. As we're saying there, guys, a difficult night for everyone, really. A really disappointing scoreline, but the chance to focus forward and, and look ahead to the league. Yeah, you're right. I mean... I think they, that's what the players will be doing. You know, I think they have to look forward. Um, I'm sure they'll have analysed what went wrong. I think sometimes when you're, you know, when you see teams playing Barcelona, I don't know how much analysis you can make because they just have this that famed trident, and that was the first time I think they played together all season, and it just was unfortunate it came on the back of a Barcelona domestic defeat. So I think they were intent on in, in making amends. We just happened to be the first team that faced them. It wasn't the best start for our, our group stage campaign but you know we've still got five games to go and I think if, if the players are you know were able to wallow in that defeat I don't think it helps us I think they're looking forward not only to domestic matters but obviously the visit of Manchester City but it was a tough game I think you know obviously the, the, it's toughest for the players but it was tough for the fans it was tough for us commentating I know you were doing uh, Twitter on the match report and it is because you're I think because you're not used to you're not used to seeing Celtic lose, but also not seeing them lose so heavily. But um, you know, I think there's, there's, you know, we've seen other teams taking an absolute um, doing from Barcelona. Yeah. So it's it's sore at the time. You know, there's no other way around it. I mean, the this the scoreline kind of tells its own story, Mark. But we were talking there about um, a different aspect, a different perspective of the match that hasn't really been talked about, and that's the fact that Barca had something like nine shots on target, seven of them went in, so it just showed you how clinical and perhaps on another night it might have been different. Yeah, it was something I, I noticed on the night as well, Martin. I just felt that there's been other Champions League games, I think there's been other Champions League games against Barcelona where we've, uh, other teams have had many other opportunities against us. Maybe our goalkeeper or Fraser Foster back in 2012 had brilliant performances and saved a lot of shots or they've missed chances but in the new camp on Tuesday they just looked so clinical in front of goal every time they had a chance pretty much they took it uh, just the one uh, one save in the first half from Doris De Vries I think from Neymar and then in the second half he tipped on round the post and of course I think Barcelona may have scored from the resulting corner so you know they were just incredible. I've seen Messi play a few times, fortunately enough, in the flesh, and that is the best I've ever seen him play. I thought he was absolutely outstanding, didn't put a foot wrong the whole game, and when he's on that type of form, probably the best player that's ever played the game, along with Neymar and Suarez, then there would have been few teams in the world that could have stood up to that, let alone you know get a positive result. And so it was a heavy defeat, but I think we have to put it in perspective. And I think that's what the manager's been doing this week at Lennox Town. I think uh, while there was disappointment after the game, I think today and, you know, looking ahead to the weekend, everyone does. I think the, the optimism's back, you know, the positivity's back. Everyone's looking forward to getting back to league action and, and uh, you know, getting a good result at the weekend. And speaking of league action, we were playing Inverness uh, at the weekend. Inverness, Cali Thistle, tough 
game away from home, a long trip for everyone involved, the the fans, the uh, the team, and obviously the Celtic View team, minus myself, that's going up there to cover it this weekend. Um, but Paul, we've been relentless in the league. We're the only team with a hundred percent record, and our goal scoring ratio is ridiculous <laughs> as well, really. So more of the same at the weekend, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's probably an extent to which Inverness will be in our position from Tuesday night, you know, that we've suffered a really heavy defeat and, and the one thing that they'll all want to do is bounce back from that this weekend so Inverness could, could you know, suffer as a result of that. They haven't had the best start. It was kind of strange managerial appointment, I felt, Richie Foran taking over. It's taken them a wee while to settle in, although, to be fair, the last two games they've won against St. Johnson and then they drew away to Aberdeen so they've maybe just started to settle and find out how the, their new manager wants to play but it's it's always a kind of tricky game I never think the pitch is particularly great for us to, it always seems a bit heavy they do get stuck in certainly did under John Hughes so they're always very competitive but just think the way we are playing and if you take that as a kind of aberration on Tuesday night then I'm fully expecting a, a fifth one in a row in the league I think it's a, a ground that you know, Mark, mo- most of the players, that when we speak to them for our home and away feature of the Celtic View, uh, it's a stadium that kind of comes up as their least favourite. because it's, it's freezing. freezing yeah. I always remember Scott Brown saying about it as well, you're playing with like uh, salt water spray from the sea coming into your face and uh, the pitch feels sandy and everything like that, but um, we've had some decent results there. Uh, particularly recently so in a case of kind of rolling up the sleeves and trying to get that early goal which has has done us so well recently Yeah I mean I think the last time I was up at Inverness I can remember my laptop blowing over at the end of the game (laughs) and and hailstones hitting my face, it is one of those grounds that just conjures up images of horrendous weather conditions but you know, actually it's one of the grounds where you get a really warm welcome, everyone's really nice people up there Mm. uh, and it is you know, stunning scenery uh, when you can see through the clouds yeah. in the rain. But as you say, Martin, it's, it's one of those grounds if you get off to a bad start, if Inverness get their tails up, they get a bit of confidence, get an early goal, you know you're going to be in for a really, really tough afternoon. Um, as you say, they're, they're a hard-working team. They're always well-organised. Uh, they've had a couple of really good managers over the past few years that have really cemented their place as a as a top-flight side in, Scot- in Scotland. A really good uh, set-up there. Um, and as Paul said it was quite a, a strange appointment in the summer I don't think any of us saw that coming Richie Foran stepping in for John, obviously John Hughes was so successful up there winning the Scottish Cup um, and I think it's been a difficult bedding in period they had a couple of great results in the Char- in the Ironbrook Cup, sorry, uh, not the Ivory Cup. League the League. I'm getting mixed up the with all these new competitions <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh-huh. they had some great results in the, in the League Cup uh, you know, notched up some huge victories there, but when they started in the league, they did struggle. Uh, I thought they would have, you know, maybe got a good result in the first day of the season. I think it was against Partick Thistle, and when I saw they get beat pretty comfortably in that game, I was quite surprised. But I think, as, as Paul said, they are starting to settle into their stride now. They still got the core of that team, uh, like Savine Vigers. I always think is quite an effective player in midfield. Draper as well, uh, Tansy. In there, so they have got a good nucleus of the squad there. They've brought in some younger players from English football, so hopefully they're not hitting full stride by the time we come up there. But you know, with the quality we have in the squad and the way we've started the season, you fully expect us to go up there 
and get control of proceedings and, and hopefully get a couple of goals as we've seen so far this campaign. And of course the trip to Inverness not only represents a test for the Celtic players but it's a mental test for the Celtic View team who have to go through the oh, I say, <laughs> traditional uh, legendary Inverness quiz. Paul, can you give us any information about this weekend's quiz? No, because then that would that would suggest that I know the answers and the questions beforehand. No, over the years we have just because we go up the night before, we go out for something to eat and have a have a quiz. So generally, what happens is either Mark or I win. I think the last time was maybe the first time neither of us have won, which which was obviously just a, a fluke. So I'm expecting who won the last time. I think it was Tony Hamilton. Right. No, was Mark, it you won the last time? I'm definitely, I never forget these things. <laughs> so I go up as a reigning champion oh and well. I fully expect to return back down the A9. If people could see Mark's face, he was just aghast. <laughs> I know. Try to take his crown yeah, away. Here's the microphone shaking. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm quite surprised you brought it up, Martin. It's quite a bit of a sore point for yourself. You've not really distinguished it's yourself. only because he's not coming to Inverness. Yeah. yeah, that's it. If I was, I've been, I've been swatting up, I would uh, I'd be wipe the floor with you. As I would with my plate of delicious curry that we have when we <laughs> get up. Not the floor, I would wipe my plate, if, if you know what I mean. Okay, um, so that is actually the real reason you're not travelling to the game this weekend. You don't have other commitments. It's your lack of quiz prowess. No, I have other commitments, that's that's why. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, moving, moving on from that... Um, this is obviously the Celtic View podcast where we like to give you uh, an exclusive insight into some of the the interviews that we do with the first team players and the youth players at Celtic. And uh, earlier on this week, Mark spoke to Callum Henderson, sorry, uh, Callum McGregor, I don't know why I said that, spoke <laughs> Mark Henderson. So Mark spoke to Callum McGregor for the Alawa programme which is coming up next Wednesday, or this Wednesday coming rather, which is the League Cup semi-final at Celtic Park. Quarter-final. Uh, Quarter final. It's, it's all going horribly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> terribly wrong. We might just edit this out or we'll just leave it all in and everyone can tell it's a Friday afternoon. Um, yeah, so the League Cup quarter final against Alawa. Uh, Jack Ross's side. Uh, an interesting match for Celtic given the fact that Callum will be up against a, a few guys that he maybe worked with at the Celtic Youth Academy. But coming up here is a, a short snippet of that interview and you can hear what Callum had to say. Tell us about the kind of the mood around the squad just now. Uh, obviously, domestically, we've started the season brilliantly. Also, reached the Champions League as well. So, um, despite the the defeat to Barcelona, is there still that positivity there? Yeah, I think so. Um, we had a great start. Um, obviously, Saturday there as well. You go and beat your rivals, so that lifts the place massively. And um, you know, perfect start to the league as well. Um, obviously, we got to Champions League. Yeah, the result the other night wasn't great, um, but we know that, and we know that we need to perform better than that when we get to that competition. Because um, it's a big prize, we want to be there, but we don't want to just go there and sort of make up the numbers. We want to go and compete as well. Um, so I suppose we just need to keep sort of taking the positives and, and, and moving on for there. On the Barcelona result, as you said, it's it's a match that you know I'm sure you'll all put behind you, um, but it's certainly something that. We shouldn't get downhearted about. It's just something you will take the lessons from it and and go forward to you know hopefully prove everyone wrong over the next next few weeks. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, it was a tough lesson for us the other night. Um, but as you say, we know this is a big club, and we're not there just to make up the numbers. And obviously, you, you get a bad one off night, or 
and they play well and other big players play well so um, not making any excuses for obviously but I mean, we know we're better than that and hopefully as you say in the next sort of five games coming up then we can show everybody that we do deserve to be there and, and we know they just there to make up the numbers Does that annoy you and the rest of the boys when you hear quite a lot of the pundits particularly down south or sort of writing Celtic off in the group you know just sort of treating it as between Barca, Man City and Munchen Gladbach really and really thinking we're just a, the team that are there to to really <laughs> uh, finish bottom of the, the group does that, does that annoy you a bit? Yeah of course um, obviously it's professionals and um, it does annoy you that people are writing you off so early mm-hmm. so early on it's only been one game um, you look at Man City as well they, they go and, and win 4-0 and win convincingly last night so um I think it is. It's, it's frustrating as well because obviously we know that we've, we've done a lot to get there as well and a lot of hard work goes into pre-season and it's, the games come early for us um, we've got six qualifying games and if anything goes wrong then you're at the competition straight away so the fact that we've managed to get there so early on in, in terms of where the manager wants us to be that we showed a good resilience to get there mm-hmm. um, and now we're getting better every week getting fitter every week so um, as you say with these next five games coming up then I think it's about us as a club and showing that we, we deserve to be there and when we go and play these games and we, we really go and compete. Well, Mark, an interesting chat with Callum McGregor there um, ahead of the Alawa game. He seems sort of as if he's, he's fully focused after the, the disappointing result on Tuesday. Yeah, um, I think he was in a, a quite a calm mood about the whole thing, eh, Martin. Um Everyone's obviously we've all the game's been analysed at Lennox Town. They've looked at what went wrong, and they've looked at you know what positives they can take from it. Um, it's, it's a, you know it was obviously a tough night for everyone, a really humbling experience to lose in such a fashion to Barcelona. But he's moved on, the team's moved on, and I think he's, he can sense that there's that real desire to atone. Not a tone for the result, maybe a tone's the wrong word, but really prove in the, the remaining five games that Celtic belong at this level in the competition. You know, you've heard quite a few disparaging, disparaging comments in the wake of losing to Barcelona. I feel it's quite a lazy analysis uh, on the whole myself um, when you hear people looking at the result and saying Celtic don't belong in the Champions League, etc. Uh, you know, Celtic were up against arguably the best team in world football, the best front three the world has ever seen. And we were just they just played at the peak of their powers that night. And, you know, I think Callum really expressed what the whole squad is feeling that um it was a tough lesson, but now's the chance to really go and show that we're good enough to play at this level and, and we've got three home games coming up and Celtic have proved over the years we can beat anyone at home. Uh no matter how big the opposition are and you know, hopefully we can really make some people eat their words over the coming weeks and months. I mean, I thought it was really interesting the way he talked about the qualifying matches and how that itself should prove that Celtic belong in the Champions League. You know, they've, you're, they've achieved a task that was put in front of them. You know, you have to navigate these qualifying matches. And then you look at Hapoel Beersheva's... Uh, game against Inter Milan at the San Siro no less the other night there they come away as 2-0 victors now this is a team that we absolutely scalped at home 
I mean, we comprehensively beat them 5-2. Fair enough, we went over there and uh, got beaten 2-0 on the night, but we did what needed to be done. Again, that's what you do in European football, so he's perfectly right in what he's saying. Yeah, and I think, I, I, I agree with Mark, I think it's it's disappointing, but it's also as it a lazy analysis of just, it's almost like, well, if a Scottish team loses, if we lose in the Champions League group stages, regardless of the scoreline, it's like, well, we don't deserve to be there. And it's just... You know, you do need to look beyond that. And again, uh, people don't say, you know, if a team, you know, Barcelona have, have beaten, you know, probably teams with have invested millions and millions of pounds more than we have, you know, comprehensively, they've beaten teams in, in the Spanish league. Nobody says, oh, they don't deserve to be there as well. So, uh, Imagine somebody saying that about Real Madrid after getting beaten 5-0. They yeah, don't exactly. deserve to be the top of La Liga. You know, that, that just happens. It's I mean, it's it's football and it's, it's something, as, you know, as, as Callum says, that they just want to not make amends. I think you're right. It's difficult. They just want to then prove. And I think, you know, for the first home game, it should be really difficult against Manchester City. We beat Munchen Gladbach 4-0. But, you know, at home, you would always fancy us to get something. It's a completely different environment for the players at home. I think we talked about this previously. The um, you know playing European ties away from home, but at home, um, the support of the the fans, the the atmosphere, um, just seems to to spur the team on. And Scott Brown's actually mentioned it a few times in press conferences about this idea of turning Celtic Park back into a fortress. And he said that a handful of times unprompted, which gives you the kind of indication that it's perhaps something that they are talking about and something that they want to do. I think so. And, you know, it's, I think by and large, you, could, you find it's hard to see anybody domestically beating us. I mean, you can never say never because, you know, there's always that, one one-off performance. I think the the European games are very difficult because you are talking about, you know, Barcelona have got aspirations to win that tournament. Manchester City got to the semi-finals last year, and you know you just you just don't get uh, poor Bundesliga teams. So we have got a really difficult group. But you know, I'm sure all three of those teams will know that they'll you know even before they come here that they'll have a, a hell of a game that they'll be in. It's also a learning experience for the team as well this year, Mark, isn't it? It's sort of three years since they've really been tested at that elite European level. A manager like Brendan Rodgers is, is used to kind of managing players like Luis Suarez rather than having to deal with their threat. Yeah, and I mean, if you looked at the Celtic team that started in the new Camp, uh, there was only three survivors from the last Celtic team that played there a couple of years ago, uh, I think. Michael Lustig, Scott Brown, Nier Baton, uh, I think off the top of my head. So this is a, it was a real <laughs> huge challenge and a real fresh test for a lot of players there. Um, and <laughs> as you say, Martin, it, it's a, a learning experience in one hand, but they still want to do well and it doesn't matter. You know, I think there's something special about a European night at Celtic Park. There's a magic in the air. Um, when you've got a packed stadium, 60,000 people under the floodlights, you know, it does seem that fairy tales can happen. We've seen it over the years. And if the crowd get up, if we start well in games, um, then I always, always fancy us to get a result, always fancy us to do something. And, you know, Manchester City and coming up, I mean, it's going to be a brilliant occasion. Uh, you know, a Battle of Britain clash. They've got some incredible players, they've got a brilliant manager one of the favourites for the competition. I mean, the way they played against Borussia Mönchengladbach, I watched some of that game and they were outstanding, moved the ball really well, uh, reminded me a bit of Barcelona under Pep, you know, the, the way they moved it quickly, pressed high up the pitch, so it's going to be a tough challenge, but 
we'll be desperate to really put on a good performance as well. So it's all augering well for a, an incredible occasion, and I can't wait for it. And we've got a decent run of games heading into it as well. Uh, I mean, so certainly no disrespect to any of the teams that we're coming up against domestically, but playing against Inverness, who are struggling at the near the, the bottom end of the table. Aloha, a League One side in the uh, quarterfinal of the League Cup, you would expect us to do enough to get through there. You then take the boost of being into a semi-final of a competition a day at Hamden before you even face Kilmarnock and then uh, Manchester City. So if the boys can keep the, the run going, then it, it does. That result against Barca will have paled into insignificance almost by the time Man City come round. It's a hectic schedule. You know, we've, we've been looking at the games coming up, Martin, and uh, it is going to be it's going to be tough, you know, at least three games in a week pretty much for the for the rest of the month anyway. Um and that is that's a hard, hard schedule for any team. But I think it's it's going to be good as well. We're going to see, I think, maybe some other members of the squad get some game time. Um and, you know, we've we've seen how it's important to have a big squad with Lee Griffiths been out injured. Musa Dembele's coming in had an incredible impact on the team with that fantastic, perfect hat trick in the Glasgow Derby. Um, and I think you know Stuart Armstrong came on and had a good impact in that game too. So it's going to be an opportunity for the players who've maybe been on the fringes in the the past couple of weeks to come in and, and sh- really stake a claim. And uh, speaking of sort of new faces into the team, one of the the new faces that was in the team uh, on Tuesday night was of course Christian Gamboa. Now uh, the Costa Rican fullback obviously didn't have the debut he was looking for at Celtic, but perhaps he'll get some more action this weekend or even in the League Cup, and uh, earlier on in the week in our special Champions League uh, podcast, we gave the the opportunity to win a signed shirt from Christian, and all you had to do was answer the simple question, how many goals did Celtic score in the Glasgow Derby last weekend? It was, of course, five, as I predicted correctly. Thank you very much. And uh, we're happy to say that the winner of the signed Celtic top from... Christian Gamboa, uh, Gamboa is Martin O'Brien from Merrick View in Stewarton. So congratulations to you, Martin. Um, we will get the we'll be be in touch with you to get the top out to you. Basically, thanks very much for sending along your details. Thank you for entering the competition. Everybody that did, we hope in the the near future we'll have another couple of competitions for you. Um, so it's great that you're you're getting in touch with us and listening to the podcast. We really appreciate that. And as a, a small reward for you uh, <laughs> for listening to this week's podcast, which has been full of uh, minor errors and <laughs> interesting discussion about curries and quizzes, uh, we have a snippet from our chat with Musa Dembele after last weekend's Glasgow Derby. Of course, Musa scored a perfect hat-trick in a comprehensive 5-1 victory at Celtic Park. It was the perfect hat-trick with one of his head, one with his left and one with his right. And afterwards, we caught up with him in this week's Celtic View. And here you can listen to that interview. I can't imagine the feeling of satisfaction that you're feeling to get the start and then score three goals. Yeah, you know, as a, as a, as a player, you always have to be, to be ready when, when the manager needs you and... And you know what's coming on in the last last games, and we had a, a problem in the team, and, and I had to come on and, and show what I'm, all, what I'm all about, and, and that's what I've done. You know, I've been waiting a long time for this, and, and I've been training hard, and we we've been training hard as well, not only me, the whole team. And you know, I think today we show that we we are a group of 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 lads, and we are we are good together, and we like a family. We work for for each other, and that's what we show today. And 
and we got the victory, so, so, so everything is fine. In the days building up to this match and the, the prospect of you playing became more, more more real, how did you feel with the nerves starting to come or you seem very no, calm? No, no, I feel, I feel always calm, you know, for me, uh, you know, I know that this is a huge game for, for everyone, but, you know, for me, I just take it like a like a, a football game, you know, like any other game and, and you know, I just, I just think about this and, and, you know, I prepared it like I prepared a game against uh, St. Johnson or against another team, you know, so so I didn't put any, any more pressure on me, I, I, know, I knew that what I have to do and, mm. and I've done it, so... so Everything is good. What did you make of the occasion as a whole? Have you seen anything like it? I never, never, never. I don't think I will see something like like this, you know, in my career. You know, something, <laughs> something unbelievable. You know, I was expecting, expecting that for the fans, and and uh, and you know, it's just obviously it was like a dream. You know, and you, you come out first for the warm up. You know, you saw all, the, all these fans singing, and and uh, when the the referee blew the whistle for the kickoff, you know, it was just something. Something unbelievable, and I remember you all my life, yeah. What's it like during the match? Can you can you hear yourself? Can you hear what your teammates are saying? No, to be fair, we can't really hear, hear each other, you know. Mm -hmm. Just look at each other and try to, to, to give a message, but we can't really hear each other, you know, because the fans are very electric, so, so yeah. And uh, yeah, they help us a lot, and, and uh, okay, I'll just say thank you to them, and, and uh, this victory is for, for them, and for us, and for, for all the, the Celtic fans, and all the, all the people who are working for, for Celtic.